0: Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. My name is Chris, no witty intro this week because I couldn't think of one. But we have lots to talk about, so I hope you're all fully refreshed and ready to go after the international break. Uh, We will touch on that a little bit later on, as you may have noticed, we did have last week off because things and stuff but uh plenty to discuss this week as i said so i need two people with me to do that so welcome back to both phil and jez good evening to you both
1: good evening hey.
0: hello there and uh jez you have a new addition to the family we we're just discussing before what to uh tonight is it a her him or her it is a her Uh of the fluffy variety dear listener of the fluffy variety right um so busy household maybe we need to
2: it's um, a kitten (laughs)
0: yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. not not just a random fluffy like it's not a gremlin or anything it doesn't need (laughs) a kitten yeah Um, sorry didn't didn't cover that very well, uh, but we did have plenty going on at the weekend in Liga. So uh, that is obviously what we're going to discuss this week to kick things off. Um, I wanted to kind of focus on the title first of all, and and just have a look at where we are because sort of there, there are a few stories at the top end. Um, Jez, I'll I'll start with you. Uh, PSG got the win in the end. I think it's fair to say. They, they weren't exactly convincing against Nice. And I guess that expands to a greater point, which I've, I've come on to. But they did win by two goals to one. Leo Messi's uh, sort of direct free kit. I read somewhere it his 60th direct free kit, which is kind of nuts, really. Um, perfectly timed to sync with the changing of the advertising boards, if you saw that as well, or it flicked a goat. Um And then it all went a little bit wonky when Gaetan Laborde equalised in the second half and and they looked a little bit off kilter and then Kylian Mbappe sort of came on for the last 15 minutes and ended up getting the winner, albeit slightly iffy defending from Nice. I guess the question I'd ask you though, is does does this sort of performance just remind us all that PSG have got a focus maybe somewhere else this season and there is an opportunity maybe for those behind to, to take advantage if they were to slip up, albeit they haven't yet. Uh I think there are
2: slips in them. I don't think anyone behind them are anywhere near good enough to take advantage of those slip ups. Um, but I do think that the match sort of highlighted some of the potential issues for PSG, Um, obviously because of Champions League coming up, because... It's pretty much one match every three days now until the World Cup, uh, which is the same for Marseille, and I think it's a bigger issue for Marseille. Um, there's going to have to be some rotation, and I guess, in theory, you're playing against the team in very bad form. It's an obvious match in which to rotate. And I think with injuries and suspensions as well, there are a couple of changes, Michele in defence, Ekitike starting and Mbappe resting. I think Ruiz played in, in midfield. Um, and you know, still they still have by far the best squad in the league, but I do think there are still issues there behind Mbappe. I'm a big fan of Ekatike, I think he's got massive potential, but he's not yet, uh, you know, really top quality center forward. Um, Ruiz is just settling in, Mukieli, I think his last season at, at Leipzig wasn't. What wasn't his best, and it's debatable whether he's a centre back anyway. And you know, you talk about if he defending for Mbappe's winner. I think the, the defending for for Nice's equaliser was a lot worse. And and for me, that's still the big issue at PSG. And and I think that and centre forward. I think um Campos himself in a couple of interviews recently has, has kind of said that you know that's where he and Gautier really wished that they'd strengthened and is a bit annoyed that they hadn't. And um, I think, you look at the defence, essentially, if they're playing a back three, it's it's Ramos, who's extremely injury-prone, Marquinhos, who's generally reliable, but certainly hasn't been at his best this year, and Kimpembe, who... Uh,
1: uh,
2: yeah. That's <laughs> it. Um, and then... And so even their starting three has got question marks attached to it. And then you're scratching around for, you know, do you bring in a very talented 16-year-old, but a 16-year-old, do you bring in Mukiele not in his best position? There, there's issues there. And I do think they'll scrape through relatively easily in terms of league app, but face a, a far better team in the later stages of the Champions League. And, and especially, you know, maybe when tiredness and injuries kick in and if they're a Verratti or a Vitinha short in midfield, if they're a Marquinhos short in defense, and suddenly it's nowhere near a, uh, in my opinion, a, a Champions League winning team.
1: Mm. Yeah. As we've been saying for how many years now? Uh yeah, it's, it it feels like it's the same problem they've had throughout midfield defensively problematic defense not up to snuff they're going to walk the league that's the usual uh, way of looking at it but when they get into the Champions League they have problems I mean This has been happening season on season and it does feel a bit weird that they are not, it feels like they're not bothering to fix it, if you see what I mean. It's not, they can't fix it because they've got all the fucking money in the world. It feels like they're not bothering and that's kind of, Awkward. I think
2: they've sort of made a little bit of moves towards it this summer in the sense that they've shipped out a lot of the, um mm. I suppose, undesirables, Bedford. although a lot of them are on mm. loan. So it's arguable, you know, probably have to wait until the dust has settled next summer to see how many of them are, are truly gone. Um, so maybe it's a sort of two-stage process especially if they you know really are looking to stay within ffp and all that rubbish um that they need to get rid of a lot of salaries and a lot of players in order to then look to to see who to bring in and then in terms of who they did bring in i think Vitinha has been absolutely massive for them and players like ekitike at least it's looking to have a bit of frenchness and a, a bit of sort of homegrown obviously not PSG but homegrown youth there so there's a couple of sort of relatively positive signs but yeah generally it still feels like they're a bit and again Campbell said I think strongly alluded to the fact that they're still a bit hamstrung by spending 400 million on both Neymar and Mbappe in the same summer.
0: (laughs) Yeah who just thought that that might be the case but yeah they they did They did pick up the win and nevertheless, up next for them is Benfica in the Champions League on Wednesday away from home. So maybe Mbappe being rested was an eye on that. Although I must admit, I did slightly chuckle um, when I saw Eketike starting and not Mbappe when all the the post-France comments came out from Mbappe about saying he'd like to see Eketike get more minutes and play off of a player like that. And then he didn't even start, which did make me chuckle. I know it's not related, but still... Um, Phil, looking at the the teams that are sort of in behind them, I want to get sort of get your thoughts on on Marseille because we keep on saying every week that that they aren't. And Jez has alluded to it there that there just is something not quite there in terms of them going the distance, being a genuine proper challenger. Less said about their Champions League, probably the better. But if what looks to be happening at the moment ahead of their game against Sporting this week, they may end up going out of that competition. They may revert to the Europa League again. There, there is an opportunity for them to, if nothing else, cement that podium position, the second or third in, in Liga. But what is it that keeps them from, from being? Is it just that inconsistency? Because they beat Angers 3-0 at the weekend. Uh, Jonathan Klaus was, was at the oh. centre of that. And they, they look, to me, that the whole squad on paper looks to be a squad that should be challenging. I just Yeah,
1: they look good. There. They look good. But the problem is, in the league, PSG Mm. so it does feel a bit like they are really trying for the league where you've got an almost unclimbable mountain which means you then have problems in Europe and they may well drop down again I mean it's only two games in in Champions League but not looking great. But yeah, and I get the impression from the Marseille fans that I follow on Twitter, etc. They are pretty positive. They are pretty bullish about the situation. And I think that's good because they're only two points behind. If PSG fuck up something and Marseille can hold it together, then it is very close so I mean I don't think the game at the weekend was particularly helpful because Angers haven't been brilliant but you're looking at Suarez is on a run of scoring. Gerson's looking good Klaus is doing well those were the three um, who scored at the weekend uh, so you're looking at a situation where they've got goals coming from more places than previously. And they do seem to have this motivation and this rhythm. What we'll see uh, when they play in Europe in the next round, and whether that kind of knocks the stuffing out of them or not, will be interesting, but it does look promising. It's just that PSG have got so much more money, so much more talent, so many more stars, that it is maybe hiding to nothing, but I think the Marseille fans would be like, go for them. it doesn't matter. Go for them. And that might be what they're doing this year. And I think that would be fun to watch, um, to actually have somebody trying to challenge rather than just saying, let's play for second or third.
0: Yeah, one thing for sure, the, the, uh, the, the natives at Marseille are certainly not keen on any team of theirs, not challenging. In terms of their Champions League position as well, they they have this game with Sporting at the Velodrome this week. Uh, I think it's on, oh, I think it's tomorrow actually, on Wednesday, Tuesday. Sorry. Yeah, it's um, the early game. That's the one. Yeah, the, the early kickoff. They they're not out of this group. We have to say that you know, with the Sporting result over Spurs last time out, which was hilarious. Um, they if they were to beat Sporting, they would actually be joint second, uh, depending on the other result between mm. Spurs and and Frankfurt. So they're not out of it by any stretch, but just based on what we've seen so far from their form. Um, I won't be putting any money on them. Let's put it that way. A uh, couple of good goals in that game, by the way. Klaus's finish particularly was was a nice one. Suarez arriving for his goal and, and the Jerson finish was nicely taken. But um, um, maybe. there were God, a just... lot of
2: excellent goals this weekend. Yes, uh. system. Huge goalkeeping howlers. Oh, yes. Yeah, we will come to those.
0: But I'm glad you mentioned the goals because there were a couple of really nice goals this weekend. And one of those was at uh, Le Moustoir, Jess. And um, uh, me and and Gib have made up. It's all fine now. But uh, he was lamenting uh, Lille's terrible defending. Certainly was the case for the opening goal, which was dispatched into his own net by Diakite um equalizer from jonathan david who else and then with 10 men after watara was sent off for lorient uh an, an unlikely hero in in the uh the fullback theo Labrice. i got quite excited when he hit the winner because i i called um, him the manager
1: but... nephew 20 yeah. years old indeed That's... and and
0: i i i don't think this this goal has got anywhere near the amount of credit it should have done i think it's a brilliant take and control in one step move it with the other foot slide it under the keeper and yes it isn't the best defending from Sidakka it has to be said but what do you make of I, I can't be biased Jez I have to give it to you but what what's been your thoughts on, on what Laurie and I are assembling because you know we have to say at this point it's it's going to that stage now where we are quite a few games in I, I know that we're not going to be you know top three or four but that they are exceeding expectations aren't they and, and they keep on churning out these results and it's just maybe the strength of the squad that's the issue because on form they're they're really in, in some some uh, in a purple patch. I think it's fair to say, would you agree?
2: Yeah, I think as we've spoken about it before, it's also it's not even just the results, but it's also the, the, the style of football that they're playing. Mm. And uh, I think we've kind of suggested, and frankly, we could have had the same conversation about Marseille that they haven't had the toughest of openings to to the season. But, you know, you still beating Renna away, drawing at, at Toulouse, which isn't an easy place to go. Um, all right, Schmeist by Lens, but they're not the only ones that will do that. Beat Lyon. Beat and, you know, you could say this was the next test. Lille, obviously, aren't the Lille of two seasons ago, but um, still particularly coming back, you know, with, with, with 10 men to, to, to get that win after being pegged back they're sort of passing every every test that that comes their way and five wins in a row for any team apart from the likes of PSG is 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 great form and and i'm sure that if you asked anyone within the club they'll still say you know at the moment we're just focused on getting 40 points or whatever the you know, 36, whatever the equivalent is in France of that sort of magic figure to stay up. And then after that, I think generally with a lot of clubs, it can go either way. They can either relax, as in we've done our job for the season and and then their form plummets, so or they can start looking um upwards and, and playing with freedom and thinking, you know, how far exactly can we go? But I think it's brilliant to see. And I think it's similar a little bit, I think we said. This before so, but it's similar to Lens, So they have brought in a coach who, you know, from from inside, who maybe raised a few eyebrows. It wasn't an obvious um, appointment, and especially because a lot of people wouldn't necessarily have got got rid of Perisic in the first place. But he he's been a revelation, and and he's got players like Moffy scoring again, um, and just got got the team playing as more than the sum of their parts and and um not not just that but also showing a little bit of, bit of character i think so uh, i you know i think going back you know 15 20 years even lorio have always been a sort of hipster choice and and maybe they lost their way a little bit over the last few years but i think you know they could be the on, on some of the shirt selling sites, maybe the Lorient shirts it will be will be going up um in sales again.
0: Just on that point, just, just a very brief segue. I have been trying to get hold of any of the shirts for months. It's so hard. And the the, the club shop have just restocked the, the third strip, which I'm probably gonna have to go with now. Um, but you you cannot I presume they have them in the club shop but you go on any even like what the the world sort of shirts distributors you know those sites that we specialize in every shirt and you say lauren and they're like who are they it, it, honestly it's 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 shameful um but yet weirdly you can buy a toulouse shirt in the uk very easily i, I don't understand maybe they're mass produced well, yeah, must be something to do with, with the marketing, but um yeah, Leon, Nice, PSG, Marcel. No secret problem.
2: Ryan Healy fans.
0: <laughs> yeah, must be, must be. Very bizarre, <laughs> but I do know that it's going to cost me a bloody fortune to get it to the UK from Lorion. So that's one thing I do know. Um, what about Loss, Phil? From your perspective, just a brief one on this one. They they beat uh we'll come on to Leon in a second because that's my next my next subject, but they did beat Leon by a goal to nil so tok penalty after a Tiago Mendes um, ball um, in the Sunday night game, they just keep chugging along, don't they? I don't don't think we need to say too much.
1: It's kind of what you were saying about L'Oreal. We're not early season. We're a quarter of the way in now, and they are still doing that. They're still unbeaten, I think. Um, So, yeah, it's uh, impressive, and it's... What we've seen in past seasons, the key thing will be, as Jess said, are they going to drop off either because they're safe or because they're tired? Um, But they are looking, they are continuing to look pretty good. So that's something that's um, kind of interesting that in the top six, we've not got all of the big teams because we've got Laurent, Lance and Wren who might be moving into that category. Um, so, yeah, it's a interesting interesting one. I mean, it, I think it was a bit cagey against Lyon, but they've lost four in a row now, haven't they? Mm. Yes, Which they is. Are. Possibly what you were coming on to. And I'm sorry for messing. Around. No, no,
0: that's that's fine. Let's let's seamlessly transition. I'll, I'll, I'll start with you then. I mean, the, the simple question I'm going to ask both of you is, is probably going to be about the coach and Peter Bosch is under severe pressure. Jean-Michel Olas, who's, as we know, you know, a rather quiet, reserved character who doesn't like to speak out in public. Um, But he was alluding to the fact that um, that he could have parted ways with his coach during the winter break. uh, Twenty past six in the UK. I don't think it's happened today yet, but. Um, there is su- su- suggestions that he is going to go, and there's some discussion about Laurent Blanc. There's some discussion about Pochettino. Um, even Remy Gar's names come back up again.
1: Oh, wow.
0: What I mean, what would you do for? Would you would you dispatch with him at this point because it, it's not working, oh, is it?
1: I'm, one thing is is Olas still in charge? Haven't. Hmm. Hasn't the change in ownership meant he's got more of a mouthpiece role than he Mm. previously had?
0: So so they tell us, is what I would say to
1: that. But he might be mouthing off as much as normal, but without necessarily the influence to back it up. Mm. Fair, fair. So that's something I think we need to to bear in mind Mm. Um, but as it goes I mean unless this new situation is going to bring in a bunch more money and a bunch more heft then this is going to be what it is Mm. the seventh it's kind of you know the Everton Cup? Are we edging towards that, which I know will massively piss off um, our Lyon fan followers, um, Tariq in particular. But if you're not going to buy into the big hands, then this is the table you're playing at.
0: Mm. That I was mean,
1: a massively mixed all, but I think you
0: know where I am. No I, I, I know where you're yeah. going for sure. are you are you on the same lines, Jez? I mean, I, for me like I, I just I look at that side and aside from the characters whom I won't mention, we all know who I'm talking about here in in terms of the commentary box, uh, who seem to be obsessed with who some are. Um, them aside, all of the commentary sort of in the media and and, and sort of in French publications, It seems to be that this Leon squad is not bad. It's not a bad squad. There are some really talented players. That that midfield two, in particular, were they twenty-one and twenty? I think Kakouré and um, I've forgotten the young lad's name now. Le Mm. Le Pendel from from You know that that's the future, isn't it? But when you play a central midfielder and Tiago Mendes, who's a fairly average central midfielder at that at centre back, you're asking for trouble, albeit with injuries when your goalkeeper makes God knows how many saves Lopez made and they had, what, one shot on target the whole game, you know, it, it, there has to be more, doesn't there, for a club of Leon size, because that sort of performance is, is just not good enough to keep a manager's job. Would, would you agree with that?
2: I think so. <laughs> um <laughs> I watched, I only managed to watch the first half of this match. Um, Didn't and get any the, better. Two things I really enjoyed about it. The first one was that, it was on mute. <laughs> and very wise. The second one, it was one of those matches that I just... Although, I mean, in, in the half, there were very few chances. There was basically a um, brilliant save by Lopez, um, another one by him tipped over the bar the last touch of the half, but I think it was offside anyway, and then the, the um, Lacazette chance that was deflected onto the bar. Um, <coughs> but I just... I enjoyed. I just thought both sides were trying to play nice football, and in the first half, at least, they were both pretty poor in the final third. But it was still, I found quite enjoyable to watch. And as you said, I think um, Lyon should not be thinking about sort of around seventh place, and they don't even have the squad to be thinking seventh place. It's okay that it's not a vintage Lyon squad, but you compare it to. Marseille or um even Monaco I do actually think Rennes have got a better a better starting team but Lyon should still be challenging easily for Champions League places and um you know you, you definitely the the fact that uh, uh Mendez is playing center back is a big issue and I think and I still think fullbacks are an issue as well. And, and you know, similarly to PSG, if that's your one of your starting centre backs, then you are in trouble. Le Penon Kakare, maybe are a little bit lightweight. It was nice to see Sherky start, but um, he's still not really making that step up, who have been inspecting for ages. And you could say that you know, if you're relying on the likes of Toko Kambi and Lacazette, who are not the most consistent prolific goal scorers, then then you're struggling a little so that there are holes in the squad and it could be a lot better, but I still think there's, well, as I said, I still think it's like within the, the sort of best two or three of the rest. Um, and so on that basis, I think they are massively underperforming. And at some point you take these four defeats, to be fair, Monaco, PSG, loss they're not the easiest teams to come up against. And Lorient, I suppose you can go either way. You can say, well, they're having a great season, starts the season, and they're having a great start to the season because they're beating Lyon. It's a little bit circular. You should, Lyon still should be expecting to win that match. So uh, I don't think too much should be, I don't think we should be judging too much just based on the last three matches. But just more generally this season, the end of last season, There's no sort of, um, there's a complete failure to launch and they should be doing better. And and it felt like last season they were looking to to, um, buy quality in. This season they're a little bit in between. They're they're going back to bringing through some of their youth or bringing back some of their youth, which I don't think is such a bad thing. Um, There looks to be maybe a hint of some kind of direction to where they're going but they don't look anywhere near the end product yet and yeah you have to if Bosch isn't eking out those wins even if it's a little it's quite pretty build up then at some point I suppose he has to carry the can but and I think that the money probably will come if it's needed but I still feel I I know I'm in a minority of one here but I still feel like although Olas is still around and, and making noises and things I almost feel like I wish he still had 100% control because I think that that's things started going wrong when he started relinquishing control to the likes of Geninio and it seemed like when he was in charge of everything things were <laughs> a lot more successful and as as spiky and as difficult a character as he is um arguably the little bits of of um uh delegation that he's he's made of of possibly highlighted that he could have been he could be doing a better job than them mm. um the devil in terms know, of that, recruitment i still don't know what's going on there why for me like the biggest mistake they made in years was not giving Maurice all the power you know he's now doing a great job at Rennes he was doing a great job at Lyon before and you know, giving every, putting every all their eggs in the Genini basket when he'd done nothing really off the pitch to to warrant that kind of faith. To me, that seems the biggest mistake that the club have made for a while.
0: Interesting point. And just if you were sort of, let's just say, for example, for argument's sake, that that Bosch was to go, would you have a a name in mind that you would be looking to to go after, or is is there a certain type of manager you would be looking for? um put you on the spot there i apologize <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it's fine i'm just trying to think i mean i think pochettino i think a lot depends what 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 does he want you know he's been linked with nice as well does mm-hmm. he want to still be in london does he want a huge money project i don't think he knows what he wants anymore um is he still holding out for a united or Real madrid is that really realistic now um if he's willing to go to Lyon, I think that could be a good fit. I think, as I said, you know, he'll there he'll have a nice balance of money to spend and a chance to nurture youth, which is something he's been good at. Um, Laurent Blanc, I, I feel like he's become the Alan Kirbish of Ligue, 1, which I feel a bit sorry for him because I think he didn't really do anything wrong in France. I don't think he did wrong much wrong for france when he was the front the international coach
1: um
2: but he just seems to have for some reason lost all semblance of any kind of reputation and maybe it's partly his fault for sort of choosing playing golf over some of the projects he has been offered but uh, same you know, with uh, um oh.
0: uh, former, former monaco uh Name ring, thank you. Yeah, because he went to Qatar, didn't he? And or Saudi Arabia, and, and yeah, I wonder if it's the same sort of scenario with there where sort of managers just choose their own personal circumstances over maybe what would keep them in the spotlight, which is not a bad thing, by the way. If you you know who wouldn't take certain amounts of money to go to certain places, I thought, you know, who am I to say you've got to look after number one, but yeah, that sort of dropped off the face of the planet. Yeah, it does seem but like a I weird. think
1: the. The Pochettino problem would be that we talked about Marseille fans having a certain expectation. Mm. If Lyon felt that their next coach was there to get a leg up, Mm. they would not be happy.
0: No, because it would feel...
1: I think if you go to Lyon, you have to go there and commit for at least three seasons mm. and yeah. mean it not just it... oh well whatever happens you know you need to mean it yeah. because otherwise it's not gonna click not yeah gonna gel. no one's gonna take you seriously because he did, he did win things at PSG. I
0: mean, that's the that's the thing, isn't it? It's not like he, it's not like he didn't well, form at PSG. It's just his style wins
1: or... at PSG. Well,
0: that's and that's the other argument, isn't just it? How don't much of a necessarily
1: win what upstairs wants you to win?
2: Yeah, demands. For yeah. me, I just you know we've spoken about it so many times last season, but I, I for me, Pochettino is not the reason why PSG crashed and burned last year but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more fight. He just clearly gave up. chose quite early not to care.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was, it was very much, as you say, on the golf course type of situation, wasn't it? Agreed. And. Um, just uh, briefly before we sort of transition to a bit of France and a bit of Women's Champions League draw as well, um, I want to just—I'll run through a couple of the results—and I just want to pick on you, Jez, for, for two other teams um, that we'll, we'll put together in a in a block because I have worries about them. Um, but some other results for you: uh, Jesio and Clermont, three-one win that one for Clermont. Um, good, good result actually. Um, one of the aforementioned. Um, Good goals, in that was an overhead kick from Kaye, I think it's pronounced. I think that's how it's pronounced for Claremont, equalised by Avinel. Who, he must be getting on now. Crikey. And um, Rashani and Dosu with the two late goals in the 89th and 90th minutes to uh, get the result for Claremont. I think it's fair to say... Um, that Ajaxian might be might be on a, a quite a, a quick trip back yeah. to leader if this carries on because all is not going well. To be fair, uh, also and Brest and that one ended in a one-one draw, and we also saw uh, yet another red card in this particular game as well uh, for Jeanvier uh, Slimani with the um, with the goal for the uh, Wayside Breast and then the Equaliser front by Niang. I think I read somewhere it's his fifth different scoring uh, Liga club that he scored for. Interesting. He is a journeyman. Um, not a good day for you, Phil, unfortunately. 4-2 win for Toulouse against Montpellier. Oh, well, they also God. had 10 men.
2: And uh, off oh, that goal from match, Shyby, The match stopped because of... I don't know yeah. if it was yeah. Montpellier fans that were causing trouble. Or Toulouse. Toulouse. Well, no,
1: I... Uh, some of the reports say it was home fans that were chucking tealas canisters around um, but yeah the Montpellier fans were singing we're at home basically mm. uh, but I think the the stoppage was due to uh, to lose fans Okay what I've seen, but they went down to 10 men when they were 4-1 up. Well, he got one back uh, to make it 4-2, but uh, not not a great uh, not a great representation of the game. I think Jean Raw was booked who came on as a sub was booked within one minute and that kind of Expresses the um, vibe of the match. Not a
0: good start, is it? And a um, couple of good goals in that game. Uh, Koza had put Montpellier ahead. Spearings equalised. Uh, Abu uh, with one of the, the goals of the game. That was a lovely finish and Chibis, what uh, was about twenty five yard curler into the far corner. That was the pick of them. Um, and uh, oh god, the, the manager. I can never pronounce his name. Desjardins. Desjardins. De- Gersh-
1: De- Gersh- yeah.
0: I always get the two round of the way he scored anyway. And as you say, while he pulling one back, not enough to lose, continue to impress though. I'm really impressed with what they're doing so far. Uh, Twat and Rams served up a fairly entertaining draw as well. 2-2 in that particular game. Uh, I think it was probably a fair result overall, sort of what I saw. E2 um, was on the score sheet and also saw red in that game, following Balogun once again, scoring for Rams and uh, Odebert. With one back and Porozo with the late equaliser, which saw a share of the spoils in that particular game, uh, which leaves us with the two other games that. Um,
2: Rast have already got six red cards this season. Is it
0: six now, Jesus? Yep. Don't want to pick. Don't want to pick them out. They the bar, make
1: Montpellier look. Okay. Like angels. <laughs> the
0: the two games I've left out there, Jez, are Strasbourg one, Ren three. Uh again, a couple of really good goals in in this one. Team goal from Martin Terry in particular was a highlight. Although I thought Callum Wendo's turn and, and strike was really, really technically brilliant. Um, and then also Monaco four uh one against not uh hat trick from Wissem Ben Yedder, who's trying to make a a fight for his place in the France squad in the summer, although I feel it might be a little too little too late, but... Good uh, a good classic own goal on that one as well from Kyle Enrique, which proved to be <laughs> nothing in the end, but it was a classic
2: backplay. Score an own goal like that, don't lose <laughs> your hair. Ex-
0: yeah, exactly. And if you do, like just own it. I mean, I'd have wheeled away with my shirt off, I'd have been well over that because it was a fantastic <laughs> finish. Um, but the, the biggest story and fair play to both Monica and Ren picking up the wins, but the biggest stories I think in this this game are are Nantes and indeed Strasbourg, grouping them together. Should should both be concerned? I think the gen the general feeling is there's worse there's three slash four worse teams in the league than than these two. But for for two who overperformed last year, it's a worrying sort of situation, isn't it? For both because they are hopelessly out of form.
2: They are, um, but as you said, <laughs> firstly they're not the only ones, mm. and secondly I think there's there, there should be sort of enough quality there for them both to come through, but there are issues there. I mean, Strasbourg, first of all, also look at, you look at their results, neither of them are being smashed that often. Um, and, you know, for example, Strasbourg this weekend, you you go down to 10 men very early. And I think it was a bit of a harsh red um, against, you know, Ren are probably the worst team to go down to 10 men against. They're attacking quality and combinations. is a little bit scary. Um so not that not saying that I felt sorry for them, but um, you know, that, that kind of went against them this weekend. Um and it feels like both both teams are not that far away from getting a couple of decent results together. You know, Nantes last week drew okay it was at home, but you know, holding holding loss and, and managing to to keep a clean sheet against loss isn't to be sniffed at either. Um it just feels you know, in the case of Nantes that On one side, they're very reliant on Lafon. On the other side, they're very much missing Colin And I think also they're not the only club you could put Pongier in there as well. But I feel like they're suffering a little bit on the pitch from lots of tensions off the pitch. And, you know, still Comboare and Keita are are kind of sniping at each other in public, that kind of thing. Um, In terms of Strasbourg, I keep hearing about... You know, I'm obviously not going to be very charitable towards them, but... Loads of injuries and loads of suspensions, and yeah, they haven't really kind of put out a consistent team from one week to the next, and it's it's difficult to, to do much like that. But you look at the players that they're fielding week in, week out, they're still not, it's not a bad, whichever 11 they put out, it's still, there's still some quality all the way through. Okay, so Azurek's injured, and Gamero starts on the bench, but then you're starting with Diallo, and you know, Thomason's not playing, but you still got. Um, Perchich, for example, not exactly the same position, but you know what I mean. You know, there, there's a, a handful of not amazing but quality enough centre backs to choose from. So, again, at some point, you've got to start wondering if the if the issue is elsewhere. And and is is Stefan the latest in the sort of Mourinho style coaches? you know, Tuchel as well, Favre as well, who only have a sort of limited shelf life at any club that they go to. And and they they do manage to get some quality football out of them for a season or 18 months. And then for whatever reason, it, it all begins to go a little bit sour. So, you know, I wouldn't, if I was a fan of either club, I wouldn't feel comfortable with, I would still expect... That we'd be fine, but I wouldn't feel comfortable without where either club is because I think there are issues there that are sort of spilling onto the pitch.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, think Strasbourg haven't won this year in the league, and they don't have Europe to deal with. So you be think maybe their fans are more. Eh, what's happening?
0: Yeah. Whereas
1: Nantes are trying to fight on two fronts at the moment. Yeah. And being beaten by Karabakh 3-0 is not brilliant, but that's the kind of situation they've got to manage. Yeah. Uh, they beat Olympiacos at home. So I think their next European match, I think they play Thursday at Freiburg. Um,
0: Tough game, that, by the way.
1: But they're going to have that opportunity as well to kind of raise the spirits instead of just what's going on, whereas with Strasbourg it just looks like it's not working out at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I look around at that but that lower end and, and I look at Angers, Breast uh, and Ravs and I sort of think, uh, are any of those worse? And then you go up the table and, and then you realise Claremont and currently ninth, Troyes currently 11th. Toulouse, you've been pretty impressive, but currently 12th or, say, 14th. You wonder how many of those might slip down as the season goes on. But... As is always the case, and you know I hate I hate to bring the Premier League into this, but I will just for this particular point, um, you can only say, well, no worries Jonathan. <laughs> thanks, Clive. <laughs> um, you, you, there is only so much that there is only so many weeks where you can say, oh, I'm sure Liverpool will come good until you realize that they are how many points behind Arsenal um, but you catch my point you know there, there is only so far that, that a club with a big standing and a big history... of course their
2: match this weekend was all about Liverpool they of didn't course they play another team
0: yeah exactly yeah well we know that Jess that's how it works you see um, and should have lost that game by the way but yeah I mean you know you, you can only go so far particularly in Nantes' case to sort of say well you know we've got Europe distraction etc you've got to start winning at some point And and Strasbourg you know squad wise there's enough down there that you'd think would have them to pull through. But there is only so much time you you can give it. So we shall see. Uh, we'll come back with the fixtures that we can to finish off. But before we do, let's uh, transition into a couple of other subjects. Uh, Phil, we have the draw for the Women's Champions League today. A couple of interesting you Speaking of Arsenal, by the
1: way. Yes. So, and I think that while the groups the French teams are in, which are also the groups the English teams are in, um, are very interesting. So in A, we've got Chelsea, PSG, Real Madrid and Velazquez. And in C, we've got Lyon, Arsenal, Juve and Zurich. What struck me as interesting is that... There are some hot four teams who are, shall we say, underrated based on how the ratings work, but neither of them are in those groups. So in B, you've got Wolfsburg, Slavia Prague, St Paulton and Roma who beat Glasgow, Parry FC and Spartabrug on their way into the group stage. In D, you've got Barcelona, Bayern, Rosengard and Benfica, who beat 20 and Rangers. So it feels like the French and English teams have difficult groups, but they're not groups where the four team is going to cause problems. Because, frankly, Zurich, not much. And I'll bet that Vlasma, who are the, uh, I believe, the Albanian champions. I will, in fact, put money on this. Either of you want to take me up on this, uh, they will end with, Vlasma will end with no points and a goal difference of minus 10 or worse. 20 euros to your local food bank, will you take me up on that, group A?
2: No, it seems pretty now. Minus 30 or worse, maybe.
1: Say again. I'm saying I'm saying zero points and minus 10. So okay. if they get a battling you nil know, nil tour at home against somebody.
2: No, I'm saying zero Wait. points and much, much worse goal difference
1: than minus two. Right. Okay. We'll see who, who will take me up on that. But um, you look at my group, right? Chelsea, uh-huh. PSG, Real Madrid, who beat Man City and Rosenberg to get to this point. I, that to me is the crunch group. I think OL oh well, Arsenal, UV have got good um, backing on this uh, in a sense, but haven't had to do much. I think in qualification, whereas Arsenal, I think had to beat Ajax.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think Group A is the The group we're really looking at. That is could it, be very interesting. But also, D, Barca, Bayern, Rosengard, Benfica. That could be very even. Um, is it, Benfica beat 20 and Rangers and I think, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Would you have Leon
0: and Barcelona as the two the two, in terms of favourites?
1: No. Would you throw anywhere? Oh,
0: interesting, okay. I,
1: I think given the way things have panned out in the past and how various teams have not necessarily played to their strengths, um, and PSG, that's going to be a group where they're fighting between three of them. Like I said, with the bet, which neither of you are uh, willing to take up. But when you look at Group B, I'd say Wolfsburg are going to be fighting with Roma, who ironically are the pot four. So we might see Wolfsburg back there um, in the later stages, as we have seen in previous years and they've, they've won a couple of times as well, so I think it it's a very interesting draw. Mm. And um, after PSG, obviously, with the new, this is the first season of the new system. So we've had um, three qualifying teams, and PSG had to fight their way past Hacken. How it's faded, um, so it's not just the big teams getting thrown in, uh, to the group stage immediately, they've had to do some work, and we've seen that work from teams like Raya, Roma, Benfica, even Arsenal mm. to yeah. actually make it through. It was only the top one teams they were automatically through so it's it's going to be interesting yeah a bit more effort required to to get to this
0: position rather than just being being thrown in yeah for sure okay um and speaking of international competition have a couple of minutes on france wasn't exactly a a barnstorming international break was it um mm-hmm. aside from the uh aside from the kit launch um both are, are rather nice i must, must say uh, my wallet's going to be poor but anyway away from the kits um what, what was your overall thoughts and, and uh, a couple of things you wanted to mention about the overall uh, international break and those two fixtures that we saw yeah i think i mean
2: obviously the world cup talk is is sort of starting to build up to some kind of crescendo now 50
0: days today by the way sorry 50 days from today that they they kick off in the world cup
2: okay i can't (laughs) say i'm looking forward to
0: it Um, there's
2: lots of talk i mean i still maintain it's a little bit like the psg choking thing i think it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy people go on and on about france collapse in in controversy and infighting as much as they don't there's been two cases of it 2002 it wasn't even infighting there were loads of reasons why um some self inflicted some not 2010 the less said about that the better but I think sort of one and a half crash and burns uh, from that I think it's a little bit harsh to sort of um paint paint France as a sort of Netherlands if you like but All is clearly not well, and I I don't think you can read too much into these two matches. And they beat Austria well, lost quite comfortably, I think, to Denmark. But at the same time, that you know Denmark, they fielded a very very green centre back partnership, for example. They um, and just generally, I mean, I think there were like 15 injuries. There were sort of players brought into the squad to replace other players who had been brought into the squad to replace other players. Um, so Deschamps was sort of fighting, losing battle anyway. What is concerning, really, for example, is, is that Denmark did the double over them from in, in the Nations League and, and they have Denmark in their group in the World Cup. Um, but what I think the, re- the real worry, I guess, is... I mean, firstly, on the pitch, there's the usual issue for me in that people confuse having a a very very deep squad with having a truly world um world-class squad I think France have got a very very good squad with a couple of outstanding players and you know they've got a bank of I don't know say a dozen very good centre-backs but actually honestly in the cold light of day how many of those centre-backs walk into a world 11 I think a lot of journalists lazily um, just say France are favourites because they look relatively strong or they've got backup in every position. But actually, I, there's not that many players really at the top of their form. Um, and then, obviously, with and apart from Giroud, <laughs> um, but there's obviously oh. issues there. Um, I think that with France a lot of the issues are kind of off the pitch and there's so many distractions there's the obviously with Pogba there's partly the injury but everything else that's going on with him which I think probably is going to affect other people because he's an important part of the squad even even when not playing I think he's just an important part of the France setup there's the um, sort of controversy surrounding the French Football Federation and, and going all the way top to to the top and Noé Leclerc and the sort of, um, you know, did he or didn't he send sexist texts? Are there other, Is there other sort of discrimination going on within the organisation? And I think, although you could say, well, that, how, that doesn't really affect players on the pitch, I think there's two things. I think, first of all, for, for me, or certainly with France, it seems like when things are nice and peaceful within the federation and everyone's pulling in the same direction and they're making sure that they're booking the right kind of hotels for the players and keeping the players happy and coming up with the right policy for when and when you know wags can come and visit the players or not that kind of thing then it all is well on the pitch and when the other things are when people are distracted by all that other kind of admin stuff it affects players on the pitch so that's why I'm a little bit worried there then there's the whole Mbappe sponsorship um, issue, which I'm just, I'm really, I'm a little bit torn about that and and about Mbappe in general. I just, I feel so, like uh, it's indisputable that he's a brilliant player, but I think he's beginning to take the piss a little bit. Um, you know, his pointed remarks about, I feel like he was, they're almost single-handedly responsible, even more so than Benzema, I think, for Giroud being treated so badly in the Euros. Yet, because it suited him to make a point that he wanted to make about where he's played for PSG, suddenly he's all matey-matey with Giroud and and saying how great it is to play with Giroud um, after the Austria match. I I feel like he's using other people for his own ends. Um, And in terms of the sponsorship thing... I said before, I feel like Mbappé genuinely could be the first of a whole new generation of footballer. And we've sort of seen it with the jokey stuff about him being the first ever player chief exec at PSG. You know, he people were joking that with his stand about sponsorship and, and player rights and things like that, he's the first player chief exec um, commercial director. Um, he's not wrong to say that maybe players should be consulted more and should be allowed to have a say whether they um, sponsor things like KFC. But on the other hand, he's being paid mega millions by a sports washing project and a a company with very questionable human rights. I just feel he's playing a very dangerous game, You, you know, trying to have his cake and eat it. And at some point, I think people will tire of it. And it's all very well when you're doing the business on the pitch, but say he misses another crucial penalty or, um, you know, misses a sitter that knocks France out, something like that. I think the tide and the popularity can turn very quickly. And I worry that even just with this player rights thing, you know, alluding to the fact that some players are kind of worth more than others. Great. Everyone's pulling in the same direction as you at the moment. But if that's going to start creating sort of different tiers of influence and, and payment for, um, you know, when the national team, when the international breaks happen and, you know, Mbappe is being invited to certain um, photo shoots while other players aren't, or other players have to turn up and he doesn't. And then maybe being paid different amounts for it. That's going to cause big trouble within a playing squad. So. so Although you could say obviously a lot of France's fortunes will turn on Mbappe because he's their best player and their most influential player. I almost feel like the influence he's having off the pitch could be just as crucial in, in terms of sort of squad harmony, who plays where, when. Um, and just as a general thing, I know everyone will say it's just that, you know, the acts that I've always had to grind again, Benzema has done nothing wrong since he's come back to the France squad. He's played well. He's kept his head down. He's behaved well. And it was only Austria, but it was noticeable when Benzema wasn't there. And so Mbappe could play off Giroud and Griezmann was allowed to play just behind Mm. and they all knew their roles and no one was stepping on each other's feet because Benzema wasn't tracking back onto where Griezmann should be playing and Mbappe wasn't drifting left where Benzema has already drifted left and that kind of thing. It was amazing how good and fluent and comfortable and familiar everything felt. Mm. And I know he's going to be the d'Or. But frankly, if Benzema got injured before the World Cup, I'm not sure it would be such a bad thing for France.
1: <laughs> yeah, I watched over the international break, I watched uh, l'équipe uh, de soi. If, if you speak French, you have to speak pretty good French. They talk at 100 miles an hour. But it's a brilliant programme. And I was watching that, and one of the questions they dealt with was, does Deschamps have to take Giroud to the World Cup? And the two Pierre's, Pierre Maturin and Pierre Bouby, uh, ex-player, were like, yes, and Booby made the very good point that you've got 26 players you can take. It's not just on the pitch he's important, where, as Jess says, he gives a different aspect to the setup of the team. But it's also off the pitch that he makes a difference. And uh, we've seen the hysterically cringe videos of him reading the Bible, sitting in his room. Um, But he does seem to be a good guy to get things together. Mm. And particularly if we're going to have a French team with some new, younger players, that's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So I think I agree with Jez that Benz has done nothing wrong, but the way things are organized when you've got Zero up front is different than when you've got Benz up front. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a big difference. And why not have that option, particularly when you've got the extra, extra spaces for people? Um, Because I don't see Giro sulking if he doesn't start. He's going to come on and he's going to do his thing, whatever. So... I would hope to see him in the squad. It's the um, whole
0: if it ain't broke, don't fix it situation, isn't it? Yeah. To a degree. You know, it's like, well, actually everything's fine and uh, and I and I would agree with what both of you said there, like that, that they just looked more fluid with that the system that they know and trust. And and I, I do have some reservations because, because about
1: the squad. Let's face it, in that League of Nations group. Croatia 13 Denmark 12 France 5 mm. Austria 4 that is not a good look point, no. point. and and that point Jez made really, about, it really isn't
0: that point Jez made about Denmark as well that little things in football they make a big difference and i think when you're when you're going up against a team that you know has already got your number or potentially has your number their psychological element of that and we all know that some of the French squads of the past aren't always the best for the psychological side of the game that would be a concern for me they should be getting out of that group easily let's be honest um, without being disrespectful they just should um but we all know that there is always one team that doesn't get there and and personally I I I do fear the Brazilians and, and the Argentines in particular at this World Cup and there may be a few dark horses. Who knows? I mean, even the Dutch are, are starting to show some signs of getting things together. So, but then equally, who knows? You know, I, I think on paper, France has still got. A fantastic squad, there's no doubt about that. But it's it's whether they're all going to be fit, whether they're all going to be firing, and and that you whether know that
1: they're def- going to be well managed, yeah.
0: And and even some of the players that are consistently in that squad. you look at the Rafa Varane's form, for example, it, he's gone off a cliff purely because of what he's having to go through at Manchester United, I think, and that, that can't be helpful. Um, but hey, we've got Sliva, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some some very good points there, and, and we probably will have a deep dive into all things France, before the World Cup. I'm sure there'll be a week we can squidge that in at some point wow. we'll and we'll do a special or something or other. I'm sure I can drag somebody on for that uh, to join you two. but we will, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, before we go, we'll just have a look at the fixtures that are coming up this week um, because we have got a few interesting-looking games um, starting on the 7th, which is the Friday Lyon host Toulouse. Whether, whether they will be boshless or not, we shall see. But uh, tasty-looking game on paper that one. Marseille against Ajaxio is the early game on the four o'clock game on the Saturday. Uh, can't really see that going anywhere, anyway, other than a home win. But we shall see. Uh, similarly, maybe with the away win tag on this one, Roms against PSG is the evening game, Saturday night eight PM UK. Then on Sunday, the early game is Montpellier against Monaco, which I mean that literally could be any score. Who who
1: knows? Yeah, uh, bet on a red card at some point. Red I mean, card and goals. Uh, my it, blood um, pressure. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, it could be an interesting one. Um, and then we got the two p.m. selection of games, uh, which are Angers hosting Strasbourg. A uh, bit of a six-pointer that one already. Clermont against Au also no nil That will <laughs> be my bet. I don't okay. know the, the way those two defend. I'm not so sure, but I take your point. Um,
1: yeah,
0: where they strike. Yeah, that, that is also wow. true. Not, not yeah. a huge amount of uh, goal-scoring potential in either there. Clermont against Osser. That one could be fun if you if you've just fancy two neutral sides. Uh, nice against Troyes. Quite a big fixture of that for Nice all of a sudden. Troyes going well this season as well, so that'll be a good one. Uh, Breton-Darby between Brest and L'Oreal. Uh, naturally, L'Oreal will win that one 7-0, so nothing to see here. Well,
1: Brest are not good.
0: Mm. Which concerns so... me, by the way. 'cause that's well, the sort of derby games and all that. Of but...
1: That at some point they have to win a game. Uh, but no, I think this is definitely uh on continuing their good form. Let's hope so. Let's I've hope just that. jinxed that. Yeah, thanks for that. Best on breath. Say
0: no more. Uh, Renegades-Nalt is the 4.05pm kickoff. Uh, again, on paper, big game for both sides, particularly for North who need to get their full back up and running. And then we've got a Derby du de Nord on uh, Sunday night. Lille host Lens. Uh, that one's always a good watch. Uh, always a tasty atmosphere and some, some spicy you say
1: challenges. tasty i say riot police. <laughs> it could all go off
0: uh, but yeah it's always uh, always a, a tightly fought game that one in particular so that will be worth watching um any of those grip you jez any of those you're particularly keen on
1: i think jez is.
0: oh jez might have to have had to dit. i just saw his go message go off yeah.
1: to play with the kitten <laughs>
0: no worries um <laughs> and look after the family as well. Um, but yeah, and, and I guess for yourself, is it that derby? Is that, that the one that stands out yeah, for the weekend? I, uh, think, the I
1: think so. That's because even if the football isn't going to be the most beautiful, mm. uh, that will, will be the most um, interesting game after the weekend. But we've got the uh, Europe Games this midweek, which I think are going to have a couple of a couple of interesting uh, selections in there. I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling down. I like the
0: look of Benfica oh. PSG. I think that might be. Uh, that might actually be a bit of a test for PSG. That one. Okay.
1: I must right. say, also really have to get themselves back together.
0: They have to win for me. They, that's a, that's a, at the velodrome, early kickoff. They Again, they have to win. A
1: sporting Club, to Portugal. Yields. So we'll we'll see how that all pans out, but it's going to be an interesting week, including. The European Games and the Ligue 1 Games act over the weekend. So, next week, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah,
0: be an interesting week for all things top flight in France. Uh, We will, uh, and and in Europe indeed as well, we will keep you or get you across those results on next week's show, which is where we will find you. This time next week, um, but thank you as always for tuning in. Um, I do say this every week, but genuinely, if you do have any questions or points or whatever it might be, um, or indeed if you
1: take a, up my bet, if you want to
0: take up Phil's bet, or indeed if you have because to run... the
1: guys are teaching.
0: Yeah, I'm not getting involved in things I don't understand, so I'm staying well out. Um, but if you happen to uh, be a, a, a Lorion shirt seller, or indeed know of someone where. Uh, they are easily (laughs) obtainable please do let me know and please do not do not tweet me and say ebay because i'm I'm not buying anything off ebay ever again Um, but yes uh all jokes aside we will be back for next week's show we'll have that derby to look back on and of course the midweek action as we said from europe Uh, but thank you to jez who's had to nip off early to deal with family matters and of course to you phil thank you very much for your time thank you As I say, we'll be back next week. Uh, Whatever you're doing this weekend, make sure you are safe and well. And above all else, of course, enjoy your French football. We'll speak to you.